Hey, Hannah. Hey, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So we are recording our first episode after the new first episode of 2023. Uh-huh. And uh, we're celebrating being 100% done with Questlandia shipping. I'm celebrating as we speak. <laughs> yeah. 100% done with the small asterisk of like, you know, the two people who will fill out their shipping survey three yeah. years from now. <laughs> yeah. But like whatever they're going through, <laughs> I hope they get through it. But everything we had on our plate is off of our plate. Our it's, plates are empty. Our plates are cleaned. Uh, <laughs> so today we were going to talk about something that I don't think we've actually talked about before. Like we've talked about deluxe editions of games uh -huh. and we've talked about material sourcing and kind of decisions we've made around layout. But we're talking about... Like packing, just packing, which as I say it out loud, I'm like, maybe that sounds boring, but it's not going to be boring. There's a lot to say about packing. It's a thrill ride, folks. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this may, this is going to be our most thrilling episode of 2023 yet. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up. Get it? It's a joke because it's our first one. Yeah. There's nothing to beat or top or compare to. All right. It, it's the year joke. <laughs> <laughs> So I thought we could start by going over like the facts and figures, the basic production processes. Yeah. To start at like the peak of excitement. <laughs> no, it's it's not boring. I mean, so here's here's <laughs> one thing. I feel like in terms of simplifying this Kickstarter compared to other games that we've made and shipped, I think we made a lot of good decisions. Mm-hmm. Even though when it actually came to shipping and we were doing it, I was like, we made terrible decisions. But <laughs> yeah. some of that's just like my personality. Most everything we did was not new. Like we were basically just taking the best lessons we've learned from all the other things we've shipped and bringing them in. And I guess we did try a couple new things and that sucked. It was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. OK, I'm curious what, are, what the new things are. But we can say them sort of in order. Yeah. Then. But I do want to say just I want to set the stage for like what we shipped. We had three levels for the Kickstarter. Right. A PDF, which uh -huh. I think we didn't include that in our notes for talking about like packing and shipping. But I actually think that counts. Like yeah. it is. We, there's we actual, did some digital work too. There's work in delivering a PDF. Uh huh. We had just like a PDF level, the single physical book. Uh huh. And these play kit editions. Which included dice, tokens, the book, an ownership pad, custom. Oh my God, Evan! We can talk about our fucking pencils. Excuse yeah, beep my, my our oh, beepity you're right. pencils. This is going to be the pencil episode. Oh, <laughs> Maybe it should just be called the pencil, the pencil episode. <laughs> I I didn't even think to talk about those goddamn pencils. So those are three levels, but there there were complexities. Additional complexities, which we also did use Kickstarter's add-on system, which mm. I would say is kind of ass. Like, it's not Kickstarter's <laughs> not doing, like, the best job with their add-on system. But a lot of people did add-on games, so it's not like 
the assiest of ass. <laughs> Clearly people could use it, but it does add complexity to shipping. I think you could say there were sort of five levels almost. Oh, like yeah, basically okay. the add-ons added a special kind of shipping process to the ones that had add-ons. Because so you have to, there's no way to automate those. It's like book level plus add-ons and play kit level plus add-ons were each a special shipping process. Let's start with digital. So there's not a ton to say about digital, right? Except except that there's like, I don't know. I think we are existing in a time right now where the majority of people don't think that PDFs are just like free. You know, I think I think most reasonable people now are like, yeah, okay, it's this digital thing, but I acknowledge that it got made and work went into it. I haven't seen too much pushback on us Definitely. charging for PDFs. Well, yeah, and we don't charge a lot for PDFs. You know, I've like there are more and more people now charging twenty, twenty-five dollars for a game PDF, uh-huh. uh, which I think is totally valid. Yeah, sometimes I think that's uh, I don't know, it's totally valid. Yeah, you know, I think that like. We do work with such low margins in general that a PDF would be a place for us to like acknowledge ourselves a little bit more and like get paid more for our work. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Uh, We haven't talked a lot about that between the two of us, so that's not a conversation that we'll have today. Unless you want to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we distributed the PDFs through Itch.io, itch.io, which at this point I think most people are familiar with most people who are listening to this podcast like there's probably a pretty high overlap of like people who listen to a podcast about indie game design mm-hmm. people who are familiar with itch.io but for the like i don't know for <laughs> people who don't for my mom <laughs> it's like a digital storefront people are buying video games and well it was mostly video games to begin with and it sort of branched out to anything that can be digitally sold which includes tabletop RPG rule books. I would say right now it's like, you know, would be one of the dominant platforms that people are using for getting out tabletop RPGs. I mean, the the only other one that I think is like a contender still is DriveThruRPG. We won't use DriveThruRPG because they take a significant cut and mm-hmm. I I get the sense they're going through some sort of like I don't know. I, don't, I was going to say panicked rebranding right now. I get the sense that they are trying to rebrand. But anyway, yeah, that's not packing. I guess. I'm, get, I'm, I know. I'm just packing this in here to this. And it's like <laughs> going into this episode, we're like, we're going to get really sidetracked. Like, there's multiple, multiple roads for us to branch off on, so we can keep traveling down the packing road. So yeah, I mean, Itchio, Itchio makes it pretty easy to distribute PDFs. And if it's hosted on there, then if somebody loses it and wants it, they're not emailing us for another copy. Yeah. Uh, we can update the files. Like, if God forbid we found a typo or something yeah. in Questlandia, we can. And I think they are, I think it's possible that they are like hooked in if they actually make an itch.io account. And then we make an update on the itch.io page for Questlandia. The fact that they added it means we're talking to them. Yeah. Which is like, you know, we ask people if they want to be on our email list. We don't ask if they want to be on our itch.io update list. That just I think happens. You can like 
opt out of it. But yeah, but otherwise, you know, you're just going to get notified when we find the most horrifying typo yet to be found. We are the insidious company that wants to talk to (laughs) people who bought our games. You tried to get away from us. (laughs) 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 So that's, yeah, I don't think I have that much to say about uh, Itch.io, you know, except for uh, it's not it's sort of just adjacent to packing and shipping and like this final phase of distribution is just something that we've said again and again, which is that everything always takes longer than you estimate. And making an itchio page and doing it well is is one of those things where like, yeah, that really was a project like. It is, it's almost like making a mini little, it's like making your own little like old live journal page or MySpace page. Like there's something like a little old school about like, I'm going to pick the colors. I'm going to choose my banner image. Uh, But it's slow and it takes time and it takes real work. And when you're in this phase of like, I'm ready to just ship my Kickstarter, you know, each, sometimes that, that work can catch you by surprise. There was also a little aspect of like, Packing digital files well. Like, you know, I couldn't just include Questlandia 1.1.1.1 final, (laughs) real final, (laughs) .pdf, .pdf, .exe. This is actually the final. Don't use this file, .pdf. (laughs) Like, just thinking about the naming structure, thinking about the printouts as a separate file, separate from the rule book. A special version of the rulebook had to be made. That's the digital version that both has like clickable links and a cover included. And then like even little decisions about like, how do you organize the printouts? Like we kind of had the character sheet as its own PDF because people are going to be printing out X pages of it. Who knows? Two to five. Rather than just bundling it with. If we bundled it with the like single printout. Uh, reference pages, then you got to get fancy with your print settings. Yeah. Do you like print page two, 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 three, four, five? (laughs) That was a smart one. That's one that I don't know if I would have thought of myself. So yeah, it's good, good consideration. So yeah, just nice naming, nice organization of the files. That's like a little bit like packing. Yeah. You you put them in a nice little bundle. I agree. I think you did that bundle well. Okay. So then we ship books. Yeah. So I would say that shipping the single, just single Questlandias was the smoothest. And I felt like proud. That was one place where I could really see the work that we've done over the years to streamline the process of just shipping somebody a book. I think we did the best thank you note of our careers. Yeah, this was a really nice thank you note. I mean, we just printed like a postcard sized thank you note from Vistaprint. But I, I think we did a good job and we really thought about like what information we wanted to include on it. Yeah, we did a number of passes on that because it's it took a little bit of work to think about exactly what we'd want to communicate in a thank you note. And in this case, more than anything else, it's like, one, thank you. We're appreciative. Uh, wanted to share that feeling. And two, we're going to keep making more stuff pay attention to us <laughs> in whatever way works for you. Yeah. Well, and the whatever way works for you is kind of important because there are different places that just people go for like 
some people use Instagram to get that information. Some people want to be a part of our Discord. Some people like just want to do it through a mailing list. So some giving people are right here with us today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some people do it through a podcast, listening to our little voices. Only the best people though. <laughs> Wink. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, proud of that thank you note. I think it was good. And, and you know, I mean, just another part of caring about presentation is that, so I think there is nothing wrong with just like shipping a Kickstarter with a packing slip, you know, or whatever. Don't include the packing slip, just, just shipping the book. But we always feel like I disagree. I think there's well, something wrong with okay, it. Okay, well, I don't want to listen. All right, I'm saying that to sort of re to put a little bit of a cushion between myself and like bad feelings that might come at me from somebody who's come like, at me. What if so what if people are listening to this, Evan, and they're like, What the fuck, you guys? I just like made my book. That's not enough, you pieces of shit. You should have said thank you. <laughs> no, no, you should have had a little no, note in okay, there. I'm gonna I am gonna push back a okay. little bit because and I think this is like a fault of Kickstarter. Well, not not a fault of Kickstarter. It is just a a function of what Kickstarter has become. Is that Kickstarter has split into two now. Like conceptually, on one half is like the this is a place where somebody like ma- is making this thing supported by you and will give it to you, and it's a little bit scrappy, and they wouldn't have done it without you. On the other hand, is like oh here's fucking like i don't know dark souls is gonna kickstart their new game here and they're gonna give it to you because this is like a corporate like it is a place where like corporate entities go now like it's okay i follow it's scrappy here it's like a store here yeah and i just don't fault anybody uh, for finishing their thing and just shipping it out because i don't think like i don't know i don't there's no rules well, I'm yeah, not I setting a rule. <laughs> I'm not here to like no, punish I people. I guess but, like, I just want to like I I don't know. I mean, like could it could could it be said that there's some sort of like almost unfair parasocial expectation in expecting that also like you will also get thanked? We care about it, but like is I'm, it I I don't I can't believe okay. I'm arguing against thank you notes. No, like, this is great. <laughs> This is excellent. I just also want to say, like, it's very important to me. Yeah. Like, I really like our thank you notes. I would not ever ship without them. Uh, I'm not into a general expectation of thank you notes from people who back on Kickstarter and a harsh judgment on those who don't include them. <laughs> but I'm talking here to, like, people who are making their thing and with the basic assumption of, like, if you go to the effort of making your thing, you care about the experience of the person who's receiving it, who's buying your thing and reading it or playing it or whatever. And if you care about their experience, it's a big deal for a low effort to include a little thank you. Like it makes a <laughs> like when I get a a product that doesn't have a thank you note and it's just the thing. It communicates to me a sense of like exhaustion of just like, I'm done with the project. Here's the thing. I see that. I mean, you might be reading into that exhaustion because I might be projecting. I think you might be projecting. That is what would would lead me to not 
I will say, like, it doesn't necessarily communicate exhaustion or lack of care to me on its own, but thank you notes do communicate something and they go a long way. You know, I was just, I, even though I've, I can't believe I'm like arguing with you against thank you notes or like I'm being a defender of the, all the people I'm like, but don't, I, you know, and this is me projecting too, because I'm like, Evan, they're just tired. The people are just tired. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're both just projecting all the well, time. I guess we're projecting the same idea actually, right? Yeah. Which is that like <laughs> making a thing is hard and by the time you get to the end of it, uh, it yeah. is an understandable thing to just want to be like, just send it out. It, let it be done. Yeah. The The feeling of let it be done has <laughs> been with me in a powerful way for a few months now. No, you know, you, and even though I just have for some reason just to get, like engaged you in a sporting conversation about thank you <laughs> notes, I did over the holidays, I had ordered a gift for somebody from Etsy and... Uh, it it was a car related gift for my partner. Okay. And I don't know why I'm well, like, I want to be vague because I'm just like, oh, what if I, you know, you don't like give away information about somebody. No. On the car they drive. People are going to be like, uh, how can I follow them on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you're supposed to say. Anyway, you know, like some people, uh, some people like are invested in Subarus or whatever. They're like, I love uh-huh. my Subaru. It's real. So that's like a thing, you know? So. <laughs> I I got a a car related keychain for my partner. Yeah, that was like three D printed, you know, in uh-huh. the model of the car that they recently got that they're very psyched about. And <laughs> it was it was cute. It arrived in the mail, like cl- you know, clearly somebody's like little three D printing like side project. And it came with this little scrappy sort of hand cut long strip of paper thank you note uh-huh. that was just like hello. I hope you love your thing. If you do, please let me know. Leave a review, but also send me a picture. I love seeing pictures of the things that I made put on tables or outside or just photographed in the wild. And I was like, that's so cute. And I had I had already left a review, but, you know, I had left a five-star review with no picture or no additional thing. And I was like, I'm going to go back and re-review this with a picture. Yeah. This is so cute. Yeah. I guess I can't because I've since given the keychain to its rightful recipient, but maybe I can request a picture. It just makes a huge difference, right? Like it it really, well, it's like you said, Kickstarter does have these two sides. I know. Did I go too hard on that? Now I'm like, no, okay. No, it's real. It really does have these two sides. And like, I just believe in taking ownership of that scrappy side. You know, like we are doing this ourselves. It matters that we're doing it ourselves. Like it is a part of the object itself. It's not just a game. It's not just a book. It's a creative work made by individuals who care about it and who own it. Yeah. It was, uh, we can get back on the packing train in a minute, but, you know, I, I just, I'm always thinking about our experience of doing Good Dog, Bad Zombie, this mm-hmm. Kickstarter that made $175,000. Yeah. it That was wild. Right. It was just absolutely wild. And it really became obvious there. Like, I think we got, we got both experiences of having managed to print a board game 
that broke 100K, print it with a co-op print shop yeah. in the United States. And like there were the people who were just like there, like they had backed it. And despite the amount that we made, they like recognized this like handmade aspect. And they were like, this is so sweet. And this means so much. And right. I'm like really connected to you all and what you're doing and this like mission that you're trying to to stick to and then there were the people that were like um literally were like um i backed secret hitler for 25 dollars there was like a lot more shit in that box and this is a piece of shit i feel like i'm going really hard in this episode no, i'm sorry for it, all my shit it really happened <laughs> but that we got that message of somebody who just detailed everything that had come in the secret Hitler box yeah. and why it was a better value than our printed by a co-op in the United States game. And it's just, it's one of those things. It's like you break $100,000 and suddenly you were, you're in, you're on the corporate side. You're reaching people who expect secret Hitler. I'm so off topic. No, we're, you're super on it because we're going to circle back to this, okay, actually, because this is like super related. <laughs> it's like, super related. Too much coffee today or something. To what we're going to say about the play kits and our design of them. Yeah. Because uh, that's exactly what we were grappling with there more than anywhere else. And we have always grappled with, with deluxe editions. So we'll get to that. Cool. But... I guess it's it, it makes sense to me in my own head where I want to be on Kickstarter. And like, I need to keep putting that forward and it's meaningful too. And the more I get tempted by this other side of mass market productions, uh, the less I like the decisions it leads me to. <laughs> you can really do a tiny little, just like... Print a piece of paper, just says thank you. You don't have to handwrite it. You just cut it out. Wait. Just say thank you. I love Hold you. On. I'll do anything for I you. Know. <laughs> we are friends forever. I did. I just, one more counterpoint. You know, not everybody does their own shipping. And it makes so much sense because, like, not everybody has the space or the capacity or the resources to do their own shipping. And if you go through a separate company, which is a really reasonable thing to do. Most of those charge a pick and pack fee. That's legit. Yeah. And so legitimate argument for You've not. You've got an, an excuse. It's like a note from the doctor. <laughs> like <laughs> you are excused from having to include a thank you note. I just, I'm just, th you know, I hadn't thought of that before. No, it's real. I just wanted to say that. I think we paid we the did. pick and pack to put in a thank you note. We did with Good Duck Bad yeah. Zombie. We paid the we, we paid, paid we, the pick and pack. We to, paid the pick and pack to, to put, please the people. <laughs> <laughs> paid the pick and pack to please the people. Uh, All right. <laughs> what else are we talking about? So we included the book. Uh, this is probably a decent time to talk about book quality. So by doing this ourselves, we had the opportunity to pick up each book before we mailed it, look at it front and back, see if there's any boogers on it. Don't say boogers. What's a what's a more like child friendly word for boogers? Goobers. <laughs> say goobers. We <laughs> Don't make me say it. Boogers is gross. Goobers could mean anything. 
we check front and back, see if there's any goobers on it, uh, see if it got like damaged or in in shipping to us or anything. You get to do a quality check. It's nice if you're going through an outside company, uh, like a fulfillment shipper. You can't really expect them to do that. So that's a advantage of shipping ourselves. It's one we took, and it's one that caused us some psychic distress this time. Yeah. Uh, our it, it's normal. Like five to ten percent of the books you order are going to have some kind of issue like a little printer's mark, a slightly bent cover or something. And that's normal. There was a much more common issue with the books we ordered this time. Uh, in short, the paper was apparently too thin for the level of ink they were putting on, or something else was happening because ink was bleeding through to the other side in a way that just looked like sort of pockmarks of ink. Yeah. Sort of splattered across the opposite page. Yeah, I honestly think our printer may have used well, I mean it's it's like this could be a feature of the pandemic. Like we printed with the exact same specs as books we've printed in the past. And yeah. I feel uh I don't even want to say that like I feel like after I say this out loud, people are going to come back, look more closely at the books and be like, Yeah, the paper is too thin. Whereas before they might not have seen it, but it's like, I guess this is just like, this what is we design talk about. docker this is privilege. Design. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, if you're listening to the podcast, like I, I you feel, get to have things ruined. Like, I almost want to cry. Like, I feel like I want to cry saying this out loud because I don't want anybody else to see what you and I see. But the paper stock was too thin. And yeah. I don't, I don't know what happened. We've never had an issue with this printer, but like, 40% of our books, ink was bleeding through the pages and they're they're not unusable. Like we can sell them at a discount to scratch and dents, but that is a huge margin of error. And it we took some psychic damage. Yeah. Like shipping other projects, we didn't open up every single book and leaf through every single page before sending it with yep. Chrislandia. Before we sent out a book in an envelope, we opened up every single book and looked through to make sure that the printing was within a an acceptable margin. Right. That must have added hours and hours. Oh, it for sure it did. Now and they I were, think back on it. They were on upsetting hours. It sucked to like just put books into a into a no thank you pile that kept growing taller. Yeah. Uh we've been in touch with our printer. They were both understanding but also a little dismissive and didn't quite they're like oh we probably slipped in some of some accidents that we shouldn't have and it's like no, no this is something this is a consistent issue and uh i mean that sucked and we're not necessarily at the end of communicating with them about it but it's a good thing we could look these over ourselves it's like as upsetting as that situation and work was I really don't like the idea of it being of them having just gone out without us checking. No, I mean I I'm imagining two different worlds, like the world in which we did this ourselves and we have a kind of sad and depressing to look at pile of hundreds of books that we have to sell at a yeah. significant discount or won't be able to sell at all and have to go in the trash or uh, -huh. uh 
or all of those books haven't gone to backers and our Kickstarter comments rather than like joy and like, I got my book being filled with like, hey, my book looks like shit. <laughs> Right. Even if it was a nice version, like, I mean, it's one thing for one person to say, hey, I think I got a misprint. But if 20 people yeah. had been filling the comments, like, then we're just assholes. Yeah. Oof. Talk about psychic damage. That'd be a lot of psychic damage. I would be so upset if that had happened. Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't even imagine that. And it wouldn't have been our fault. Like, it, no. it wouldn't have been our fault, but it still would have been our fault. And I think part of the psychic damage is also like, I mean, this might be a good point to say in general, I really like packing. Like, I like this part of the process because I like that it is like a physical, tangible way of finishing a project and, and saying goodbye to it. It's like taking on the weight and responsibility of making this thing for over a year. And then it's like, like my body can feel that weight of a book and put it in a package and send it on its way. And I feel lightened. Yeah. And like bit by bit, I feel lightened of all of the effort and care that went into it. And it's like, it's really done. But that sort of symbolic appreciation of the process can definitely get marred or can get complicated when you're looking at these books as representations of your year of effort and care, and then it's like, oh, it's got, it's got it goobers like all it's over got, it. <laughs> they're all goobed up. Yeah, all goobed it up. feels bad. It's like, oh, we worked. To me, it feels bad to be late and to have like misestimated. Yeah, and just like it's something we do. We are usually late, and it's not abnormal. The wizard is never late. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like it's not abnormal to be late on a kickstarter but i was hit especially hard by the books well you might have been hit hard too but you show it differently than i do i'm like throwing the books around the room <laughs> in a whirlwind <laughs> yeah no, I, uh like if it's gonna be late you want to open up those books and like take that first book in your hand and be like it's perfect we this got is there. what it was all for and instead we opened them up and we were like it's got shit all over it <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm realizing as we're going in this episode this might have to be a two-parter i can't believe that you know i i don't think we've ever done a two-part episode and i can't believe our two-part episode is going to be like put about putting books in envelopes <laughs> Right? It turns out there's a lot to say about it. Because I'm just getting started. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I feel like we're just winding up. Maybe this up. is a three-parter. <laughs> oh, my God. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't even talked about stickers yet. That might be like 1.5. All right. Two-part. Two-part, I will agree to. Three-part, and we should get, you know, a sponsorship from ShipStation or something. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> we're from Uline. Oh, God. Oh. You want to confess some sins? Okay. Yes. I feel like our continuing efforts to split with Uline as a terrible company. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's companies where you're like, oh, this company is probably evil because every company is evil. Uline is really bad. They yeah. go against everything that I believe in. 
Yep. Personally. And they go hard. They go, yeah, they go really hard. <laughs> They're like, let's put like, you know, Confederacy in our Christmas brochures. Yeah. And every time we've tried to break with Uline and use other companies that sell envelopes uh-huh. at double the cost, people complain about how shitty our envelopes are. Right. Or how bad the boxes were. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, so we went back to Uline envelopes for shipping this time. We got their envelopes. We got their bubble wrap. We got their boxes. Uh, I mean, they just have the stuff and it's fast and it's affordable and looking for alternatives is real difficult. It's hard to find other places that ship to like people that aren't, um, businesses that will right. even ship yeah. at the the numbers that we need right like, without us being like an, an institution yeah we really are at like a, <laughs> a sort of in a lot of ways the quantity of things that we sell is a bit of a strange midpoint right because it's we're beyond the numbers where we could reasonably go to staples yeah also more and more office supply stores just don't exist. Like every staple. Or if they do exist, they like stop selling. <laughs> yeah. The, the, what they sell is really shrunk. Yeah. I mean, the staples, well, the staples near us shut down. Then the other staples near us shut down. So there's a staples like a half an hour away and they sell like Keurigs, <laughs> you know? <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Keurigs and like EOS lip balms. <laughs> I don't even think they have bubble wrap. <laughs> I mean, with enough lip balm. <laughs> Just smear those Queslandias and send them on their way. <laughs> um, it sucks. You know, it, it just is like, I don't want to get into a whole no ethical consumption slash production under capitalism conversation, but it, sometimes you just run into the realities of what it means to make a thing, order in bulk, deal with packaging and plastics and and everything else and it's it's sad and it's hard to care about it because it's upsetting <laughs> yeah in 2023 like one of my goals is to revisit finding an alternative to uline but we had split with them for a while and just got just got complaints like yep. the envelopes were a lot of them were just like torn in half they didn't have any pat like they were crap yeah uh, so that is a goal of mine because like I don't I don't want to be actively buying from a company that I know like hates my existence. Yep, I'm with you. Let's let's try to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. I didn't I I hadn't thought about talking about that. Maybe I was trying to hide it or something. It says it right on the back of the envelope. So I don't know how hard I was trying to hide <laughs> it. But God, what a weird world. Why is that the concern with an envelope company? <laughs> Like, what the fuck? I know that your like envelopes are gonna elect Roy Moore. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so we're looking at a two-part episode for sure. I want to end. Up, okay, I want to talk about the stickers because I want to. Oh, yeah, I yeah. want to finish this level. Okay. What went out? Oh yeah, what went out in, in the single book? In the single book level, there was a book. It was wrapped in some bubble wrap from Uline. It had a thank you <laughs> note from Vistaprint, and and it had a couple stickers in there. Uh I like where we got the stickers from. Yes. Our sticker company is great. Uh, I, I think they operate out of like Portland or something. They're called Sticker Ninja. They're very hip. They are like, <laughs> yeah, they're awesome. They're always like 
being being cool and radical and stuff. Yeah, it's been really. <laughs> <laughs> why, why are They're you basically left? Ninja Turtles. Um, they, radical. Yeah. Uh, they've just been good to communicate with. They like they care about the quality of what they're making and they ask us questions and they propose solutions and it's always nice. Yeah, they had so we we sent out two stickers. One was our just turtle bun logo sticker, which uh-huh. we always keep a some of those on hand. Yeah. And then we were like, we want to go above and beyond and we we want to include two stickers yeah. in this. And also because if you've gotten our games before, like we often just include the Turtle Bun logo sticker. And so we want something for Questlandia. Yeah. So at first we were like, what is what what even would we put for Questlandia? It's <laughs> <laughs> it's a little hard to say exactly what image is iconically Questlandia. Yeah. Outside and- of the whole cover. And your updated art for this edition, too, isn't really super stickerable. Like, it's this very no. sort of illustration-y it's like, wash. Yeah, it's soft and hazy kind of art. So we ended up going with a little, like, sketched image from the first book. In the, Is it in the second book? I think it's, uh, yeah, it's it somewhere. is in the second book. It's just a little, it's a little golem holding a little person in its hands. Yeah. I guess a big golem. Oh, yeah, a, little <laughs> a big golem uh, little person. And like, I don't know. It's one of those very early bits of spot art that feels real good. And we've used it many times in writing Questlandia things or decorating thank you notes or whatever. Right. It's weird because I wouldn't think of it as an image that anybody else would think of as iconic. Uh-huh. But it became... It's just been an image that we really like. Yeah. And I think it also was nice, given that since making the first Questlandia, we've also made a book about a golem. Yeah. And like... So it ends up feeling a little bit more broad. Yeah. It's like we're creating a little little meta universe. Yeah. Uh, And we wanted to make it sparkly. I don't even remember why. Because sparkles are dope. (laughs) Oh, right. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, sparkles are are dope. Uh, And... Had some nice like little back and forth with Sticker Ninja. They helped make it look cool and have like glittery granules that match the artwork. I like them. I like how they look. And okay, like Golem, straightforward. I think it's great. It's fun. I want to talk about the logo sticker for a second. Oh, okay. And it's because I read a Reddit post this very morning oh oh gosh i don't even talking know what to indie say. game developers about the trailers they make for their games and being like indie game developers like do a google search it's common knowledge it's common advice i can't believe how many people don't follow it don't put your logo at the beginning of your trailer the only reason to do that is if somebody recognizes your logo huh. and is going to be convinced by like knowing the company. Otherwise, it's just like three seconds of something unrecognizable and unimportant huh. that are three valuable seconds where somebody might just tune out. Uh, and there was a lot of discussion of people being like, well, people aren't good at everything. You know, they're, they're making their games. They don't know how to do a trailer. I disagree. Oh, interesting. I, I disagree. Was, I knew you must have been going in the, the direction. You disagree. I di- I'm not going to post on Reddit about it because <laughs> I never I never <laughs> bring my arguments into the public sphere except in Design Doc. But I disagree. I think that the 
that one, you are presenting yourself. Yeah. And saying, I made this and it matters that I made it. And this is how I'm choosing to represent myself. And two, I think that it can be fun to choose a logo, to design it, to make it, to use it, to tell people it. Like, there's every reason for that to be an enjoyable activity and sharing it to be about the pleasure of it and just like sharing that enthusiasm. Not as like a gotta tick the box and look like the big boys, like just like just as a expression of excitement and care about being a creator. So Turtle Bun is a company. (laughs) Company, right? It's the turtle and people. And we made a logo and like, do I expect to build brand recognition in such a way that this is like some iconic image. No. But the reason the logo is what it is and looks the way it is is because I like it. I drew what I liked. Like I I think it is fun. I think it's cute. I think it's pretty. And like I like including it as a sticker, not in the sense of like you're going to be announcing your loyalty to us. <laughs> But more like, like share with us in the fun of like the language of creating and the symbols that mean that. So that's my defense on the Redditors who might disagree with us, including a logo sticker if we were to extrapolate their arguments in a certain way. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, that's interesting. You know, I think, I think that I'm inclined to agree with you that like those three seconds are just allowable for like letting somebody have a little bit of pride in having finished their game and putting a stamp on it i think that's great and and i don't think that everything is about like no gamers only care about the gameplay and you got to show the gameplay right away I mean, I'm getting back to the video game thing, and I don't mean to, but like... (laughs) Well, that's why we're doing a two-part episode. uh, That spirit of including what feels good to share, like the motive being us enjoying the idea of making this sticker, sharing it, people having it, is is an argument that I'm going to bring again in part two when we talk about the decisions that went into the play kit level. Because there's a lot of lenses through which you can look at. Through which you can look at. That works. Through which you can look at our decisions about what we include in these shipments. And they're financial, and they're competitive, and they're, like, timeline-based. And... I'm just here to argue through the lens of like personal fulfillment and fun. That's why I wanted like a sparkly sticker and the little turtle bun logo sticker. It'll be good because then in the second part, I can be here to argue for like time management. Yeah. <laughs> swiftness and no fun. <laughs> Cold Steel Hannah. This is Touchy Feely Evan in yeah. part two. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's uh, 
that's the first two levels, digital and single book. We didn't quite get to bringing those books to the post office, but that's like too spicy for this episode, <laughs> I think. Uh, I don't want to like, no, you know, it. people's adrenaline is already at the max. Yeah, I mean, mine's really high. Over. So let's, let's give them a little come down time yeah. and then torture then we'll everybody hit back em. up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so happy new year, everybody. Thanks so much for also like, it feels hard to say out loud, like, open up the Questlandia books, look a little closer. Maybe the paper's bad. Like it feels it feels hard <sighs> to yeah. say that out loud. And I don't know. I guess I just want to like say thanks to all the people people who do listen to Design Doc for these parts and like for making it relatively okay for us to share. No, consistently People have talked to us about the ways that we're breaking mild taboos uh, <laughs> with just a lot of appreciation and kindness. And that's been really encouraging and nice. So thank you. So we'll see you in part two for play kits, pencils, post offices, and post offices. with mean people. people. <laughs> <laughs> The Design Doc intro-outro theme was written by our friend Pat King. Thanks, Pat. Design Doc is hosted by the OneShot Podcast Network. OneShot hosts other great shows like Character Creation Cast. Character Creation Cast is a discussion podcast where Amelia Antrim and Ryan Bolter create characters in multiple RPGs with prominent guests from the game's community. Prominent. Hey, that was us prominent. one time, right? That once was us. Each month, Character Creation Cast examines the character generation process in depth for a different game with new guests each series. They always take the time to reflect on the game, its design, and what guests have to say about it. Think of it as sitting in on a great Session Zero every week. It was really fun to be on that one. That was nice. I know. Talking about Questlandia 2, uh -huh. which is separate from Questlandia Updated second and Expanded edition. Second Edition, yeah. which may be confusing. To some, but like everybody's gonna work it out. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so finally, finally, if you want to really go above and beyond giving us some support, we have a Patreon. We do bonus content, audio, we release small games. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a lot of upspeak here. Yeah. It's a lot of questions. We do small it? games? We, we do, do that? You know? What do we do? You're going to have to pack our Patreon to find out. <laughs> <laughs> do a lot of things at, uh, at patreon.com slash turtle bun. It's a good way to support us. You said it so thoroughly. I, I, I just like, what, else I just, do you, I, what else do you have to say? Uh, hard agree. <laughs> we haven't asked people to leave us a review. Oh, yeah. I think it's Apple Podcasts. Yeah, whatever it's called now. I guess the reason to invite people to do that is because when you have more reviews, it makes you more searchable and encounterable. 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 My actual experience with that is that people have written really nice reviews that have felt very good to read. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's my 
motive. <laughs> yeah, it, it means a lot. Touchy-feely Evan is for the nice feelings. Yeah, cold hard steel Hannah is like, whatever, <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> it's an algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, it really means, it, it really, it really means a lot. So, <laughs> uh, we'll see you soon for talking about pencils and post office, post office. Bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.